AU on the go. AU on the go. To inform on developments of the Commission. Pour informer sur les développements de la Commission. To engage and discuss AU policies and their impacts. Involver et discuter les politiques de l'AU et ses impacts. And of course, interact with our listeners on the continent and beyond. وبالطبع في جميع أنحاء القارة الإفريقية وخارجها. AU on the go. AU on the go. Welcome to AU on the go from the Citizens and Diaspora Directorate CIDO. I am Loic Youth. I am joined in the studio by my co-host for today, Layu Tamru. Layu is a legal consultant and the founder of IRB Africa or Africa's International Arbitration Hub. Today we talk about trade on the continent. Recently, the African Union and member states met in Rwanda to review the Continental Free Trade Area Agreement, which aims to facilitate trade on the continent and increase Africa's impact on the global Our guest today is Prudence Sabaizi, the AU's Chief Technical Advisor on the Continental Free Trade Area. Welcome, Prudence. Thank you. So we'll just jump straight into it. What could you tell us about the CFTA? Where did it come from? And I mean, how long has this been in the works before you guys actually met to sign the agreement? Uh, the, the, the CFTA, uh, the African Continental Free Trade Area, is one of the biggest projects that our continent is now undertaking. It has been uh, initiated in 2012 by heads of state, and it envisaged that we are going to have a wider market for the continent, which is going to be a free trade area where the restrictions on movement of goods and services are, are going to be eliminated. And the CFTA is going to be quite different from other traditional free trade areas because it involves trading goods, trading services, movement of investment, intellectual property rights, protection, competition, policy, and uh, all those components make it a bigger project to boost intra-African trade. So when you talk about these different things, what are the benefits number-wise the CFTA? Uh, you know, for any, any trade agreement, uh, uh, the expected benefits are to create jobs. Uh, first of all, we, we need to look at how the project is going to contribute to the economic development of the continent by creating jobs, by enhancing production, and the CFTA in particular, that is going to combine a market of 55 countries, uh, which is going to be more than 1.2 billion people, is going to create a big opportunity for investors, both from within Africa and from outside the continent. And when those investors come in and uh, involve, engage in economic uh, activities, then they are going to create more jobs for our youth and for our young population on the continent, which makes more than 60% of the continental population. Uh, this is one big benefit that we expect from the CFTA. The second benefit that is expected is that by reducing tariffs on products uh, being traded within the continent, we are going to enhance the exchange of goods across the continent and it has been realized from studies that the pattern of trade on the continent is more sustainable than what we are trading with the rest of the world. African countries are trading the composition of intra-African trade makes more than 42% industrial products whereas more than 75% of products that we are trading with the rest of the world are in raw materials. So by changing or shifting the pattern of trade, it means that we are going to spur our industrialization. We are going to create value addition to the continental products. 
So by creating value, then we are boosting our continental economy. When you're talking about boosting economies, creating more jobs, but then some countries did not sign the agreement. So what would you think deterred them from signing? Uh, first of all, it's a matter of time. Okay. You know, 21 of March was one day, and we had uh, 45 countries signing the agreement. This is a big achievement. 44 out of 55 countries have signed on day one. Now, 11 countries, they have also got reasons not to sign on day one, but they are in the process of signing. Uh, I will, for example, mention two uh, major reasons that have been uh, highlighted for those countries not to sign immediately on 21st of March. One which is a constitutional reason is that some countries have to go under some constitutional procedures of ratification before they commit to international agreements. So those countries have to engage their national parliaments and then when their national parliaments endorse the agreements, then the executive, which is represented by the president, the head of state, can go ahead and sign the agreement. And the other argument that has been given is that some countries also have to involve their stakeholders at national level. And they said, since we have concluded negotiations in March, then they have to go back and consult their stakeholders to get their buy-in. And when they are sure that their stakeholders are well conversant with the provisions of the agreement, they can go ahead and sign it. So it's a matter of time. All the countries are willing. And uh, the indication is that all of them have participated actively in the negotiations. You mentioned about how you're changing the entire trade in Africa. So what sort of um, obstacles did you guys have to cross while getting up to this point? Uh, you know, there are many obstacles. You know, the, the, this continent has got a long history. This history has taken us back because uh, some countries were more uh, related to their colonial masters than between African uh, countries themselves. So it's like even their policies were designed towards suiting the benefits or even economic relations with their uh, former colonial masters. So coming up with this initiative that will bring African countries together was not an easy task because countries have first to change their mindset. But now they have realized that they can only develop if they come together. I think now we have almost overcome that challenge of mindset. It's just a matter of time. We believe that the benefits that we expect from this project are going to make it easier for countries to come on board. When we talk of time, what do you see the short, medium and long term impact of CFT in general? First of all, I can tell you that in terms of investment, especially that this is a good news to investors, we are going to start seeing investment coming in. Immediately, by the time the agreement comes into force, this is, let's say, within one year, if we secure the ratification of 22 countries, which is required by the agreement for it to come into force. If we secure the number of ratification required, then the agreement enters into force. I'm quite sure that investors will be knocking on the door. And when investors start doing business, then we start reaping the benefits immediately. This is one of the immediate benefits that we can see. Investment coming in, creating more jobs. Then the economic transformation process, moving away from trading in raw materials to adding value, structural transformation. This is something that we can expect in the medium term. I'm quite sure that the economy of Africa is going to change its shape. We are going to move away from trading in extractive commodities. 
to industrialized uh, industrial products. Pretty interesting stuff, Natalie. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's, it's quite, honestly, it's, it, this is a tremendous move for the continent, right? And it, and it really does incorporate the move from the OAU to the AU, yeah. which is the economic agreement, from political freedom to now economic unity, right? Yes. Um, so my question would be, because of that, there has been agreements related to regional economic communities. Yes. So what is the interaction between the CFTA and the existing regional economic community. All right. Let me first of all come to the historical background of this continental integration. You know, everything is anchored to the Abuja Treaty, which is the treaty establishing the African Economic Community. And this treaty had uh, provided for stages towards African integration. And those six stages had already envisaged the creation and enhancement of regional economic communities as a starting point. So to me, uh, first of all, that we know the regional economic communities are the building blocks of this African economic community. It means what we are doing now is also building on what the regional economic communities have achieved. When it comes to lessons learned from regions, those lessons are the ones that have inspired where we are now. And when it comes to the content of the agreement, the agreement establishing the African continental free trade area is not going to contradict the regional agreements. It is going to complement them. It will build on what is there and it will complement them. i just give you one example. We have relations, intra-regional relations, where countries in the same regional community have already trading relations that are established by law. But we don't have inter-regional relations. We don't have an agreement that will link countries from East Africa to countries from West Africa, or countries from Southern Africa to countries from North Africa. So the CFTA is going to bridge that gap, where you will have trade relations between South Africa and Morocco, which did not exist before, where you will have trade relations between Tanzania and Senegal or Mauritania. So that's the value addition of the AFCFTA. And then, when we reach that kind of ultimate goal of continental customs union. It means now that we are going to forget about the borders that we already have on the continent and then come up with one territory which is going of course to make business much easier. Yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned it earlier and I'm going to touch upon it a bit and I would like you to explain a little bit more which is, so the CFTA you know, has all of the basics of a free trade agreement. It has the yeah. national treatment, the most favored nations clause, and all the other ways. You mentioned the AFCFTA is a little different. Can you expand a bit more on that for us? Yeah, first of all, in terms of the scope, it's quite, it's even much different from other traditional free trade areas. Other traditional free trade areas are talking about eliminating tariff barriers to trade, of, to trade any goods. But the AFCFTA, in its comprehensive nature, has got five areas already. Trade in goods, trade in services, intellectual property rights, competition policy, and investment. That is wide enough to make it different from other traditional free trade areas. Secondly, when you go deep into the content, the AFCFTA is going to address even non-tariff barriers. We have an agreement which is annexed to the agreement on trade in goods, which is going to deal with elimination of non-tariff barriers on the continent. You eliminate tariff barriers, but also you deal with non-tariff barriers on the continent. Then you go back to investment. 
it means we are going to come up with measures that will boost investment on the continent, attracting investments from outside, but also regulating investment within the continent. That is something new. Look at the service component of it. We're talking about 12 service sectors. We are going to develop regulatory frameworks in each of those sectors. It has never happened to have a free trade area where you have regulatory frameworks like, for example, on financial services. So we are going to have regulatory frameworks on ICT, on transport, on infrastructure, which has never been part of traditional free trade areas. And again, I would tell you that AFCFT is more a developmental project than just a free trade area because we are looking at how to change the economic structure of the continent by boosting intra-African trade but also spurring the industrialization, the structural transformation, trying to touch every aspect of our economies. But I come from a disputes background and you know, whenever somebody says investments, the words that come into my mind are disputes. <laughs> yeah. So what are the dispute resolution mechanisms in there? I know there's a dispute settlement body that's been established, and there's also mention a bit of arbitration. So can you just give us a bit more clarification on that? Yes. First of all, when you come to the structure of the agreement, the agreement establishing the African Continental Free Trade Area has got many protocols attached to it. And one of the protocols attached to it is the Protocol on Rules and Procedures on the settlement of dispute. That protocol on rules and procedures on the settlement of dispute provides for a long process of resolving any dispute that might arise during the interpretation of the agreement itself, but also during the implementation of the agreement itself. That protocol provides for different stages of resolving the dispute which, of course, basically starts from consultation. Whenever there is a pro dispute, then the disputing parties will have to go through the consultation and if they can resolve the matter amicably, that's well and good. But if they fail to resolve the matter through consultation, then they also envisage the process of mediation. Then they can also choose mediators and then they can resolve the issue. But they also have a process of arbitration when they fail to reconcile. Yeah. Then if they also fail the arbitration process, that's when they go to the uh, dispute settlement body, which, of course, will have the mandate to establish the panel, and then the panel uh, will have to resolve the matter. If they fail, it will be escalated to the appropriate body. So it's like the dispute settlement mechanism that is envisaged in this agreement is comprehensive enough to exhaust all the process of dispute settlement. Okay. Does it, so does it envisage um, disputes between state entities and, and private entities, state parties and private entities, or is it only a private entity to private entity or a state to state party? The way you can look at it is that this is an agreement of state parties. It means the obligations and rights will come to the state parties. And all the trading partners will have to resolve their disputes through the state parties. It's like if a company has got an issue with another company from two different countries. If they want to use the dispute settlement mechanism, they have to do it through their own member states, their state parties, which are parties to the agreement. Yeah. Right, so they have to escalate it to, it has to be espoused by their states. Yes. That's pretty much what it is. Yes. Okay. And if I may, just one final question, which is, 
so a lot of African, like you've mentioned, a lot of African countries have close ties with former colonial masters, and a lot of it means they've signed a lot of bilateral investment treaties yeah. and agreements. Um, how are those going to interact with the CFTA? How, how do we make sure that the CFTA benefits African investors and African community itself, and not, not just replicate what's exactly going on, which is foreign investment coming from outside yeah, the country? Yeah, uh, I can confirm this uh, from the political commitment that we can see. This is a project that is spearheaded by heads of state, and they are very much aware of those existing bilateral agreements. And this is going to be the largest free trade area in the world. Uh, for example, uh, when you go specific into, into the provisions of the agreement, we have a provision on continental preferences. So it means African countries will have the obligation to give more preferences to their parties to the African countries than they give to the rest of the world. We also have the MFN provision, the most favored nation provisions, which are also going to guarantee that African countries will have to benefit first from the provisions of the agreement before they accord any preference to the rest of the world. And this also brings another obligation. If one country had already given much more to a third party, then it will be obliged to give the same preferences to African countries which are members of the AFCFTA. So I can tell you that now Africa is going to give itself more and better preferences than it has been giving to the rest of the world. So ladies and gentlemen, that was Prudence Sabahizi, the AU's Chief Technical Advisor on the Continental Free Trade Area. If you're interested in reading more about the CFTA, you can log on to www.au.int and scroll down to the Trade and Industry tab. For more on arbitration on the continent, check out the EU's website. It's www.irbafrica.com. That is www.i-arbafrica.com. Thank you for joining us on AU on the Go. And from CEDO, I'm Loic Youth. AU on the Go. AU on the Go. To inform on developments of the Commission. Pour informer sur les développements de la Commission. To engage and discuss AU policies and their impacts. Involver et discuter les politiques de AU et ses impacts. And of course, interact with our listeners on the continent and beyond. And with the fact that we have all the countries of the African Union and the AU on the Go. AU on the Go.